broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in phoenix arizona it's time for valley business radio spotlighting the valley's best businesses and the people who lead them Welcome back to another edition of the Arizona 100 podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre with phx.fm. I'm joined as always in our virtual studio by Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100. Hi, Abby. How are you? I am well. I am well. We had a little bit of cool weather there for a bit. Seems like we're back in the heat, but I'm doing fine. You know, I actually opened up my doors and windows yesterday for about 20 minutes. I was, you know, it rained here in the south part of Scottsdale for, I don't know, five minutes. So I'm like, I'm going to take advantage. I'm going to shut the air off, open up the windows. And about 15 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, that's enough. Back to the air. Right. But uh, but at least it's it's a little um, hint that we might actually be getting fall, even if the calendar says we're supposed to. Maybe the temperature gauge is finally going to catch up. It's it's a reminder to me when the, we t- hit this time of year that fall is coming sometime in November. Right. <laughs> so just exactly. hang in there. Yep. You know, that's kind of, I I mean, I've lived in Arizona a really, really long time. And I think September is the toughest month for me because it feels like it's supposed to be cooler and it still isn't. And that's just kind of messes with your head a little bit that it should be cold outside. It's fall. We've had Labor Day. We're supposed to put away the, you know, the white and bring out the colors. And anyway, it's Arizona. So you're right. More like November. And we don't put away the white pants ever, I guess. No, we do not. We do not. What's happening out there? The Arizona 100, of course, gives us a unique lens into uh, things happening around the state. There's a lot happening. What's it look like from your point of view? Well, one of the things I want to kind of start our conversation off with is this, um, you know, we're, we're in the middle of the census, right? We're, we're counting, attempting to count every single person that resides in the United States. What an incredible undertaking. Now, based on my age, this should be my fifth participation in a census, maybe third that I actually was the, the, you know, household head of household to actually fill out the form. But I'm paying a little bit more attention to it now because it really does, you know, impact how, um, how our state will be represented, right? Certain, you know, if, if our numbers increase or decrease, that impacts the number of seats we have in the House of Representatives. It impacts how much money is allocated to us from, um, you know, federal state funding. Um, our Native American communities, of course, as you know, are, are critically important to the success of our state. And they're impacted by uh, what these numbers look like. So it's a pretty huge undertaking. So September 30th is the last day to voluntarily fill out the census either online or through their telephone system. And after that, um, there is a plan to safely and socially distantly come in, uh, knock on doors and get that um, count. If you were not unable to fill it out on your own, they'll come by and visit and have that uh, questionnaire filled out. But um, it's important to be counted. And in a couple weeks, we're going to have the, you know, uh, voter registration deadline is October 5th. Another opportunity for your voice to be heard and for your opinions to to be counted is, of course, the the election cycle. And uh, so it's there's a lot of reasons to stand up and be counted right now. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good reminder that the census is not just an exercise. It is directly tied to the allocation of resources and to representation and particular for for communities that have struggled with having their voice heard, feeling like they were benefiting from the variety of resources, both at the state and federal level. It's critically important that households complete that information and 
add their, add their number, add their voice, if you will, uh, to the tally. Yep. And it's a very easy form. It's probably less than five minutes to complete. Um, it's all confidential. It really is just counting who resides at your address. That's And that's the information they're looking to glean. So they can have an accurate count in ter- of who calls Arizona their primary residence and, um, and confidentially will keep that information to determine what, um, you know, what will happen for our state and really for, for across the country, right? Every state is doing this. Every individual in the, in the country is, um, asked to participate. It only happens once every 10 years. So a lot changes in that 10 year time period. Um, you move, you relocate, you marry, you have children. There's lots of things that can happen that changes those numbers in your household. So, Please do that. Please, you know, take the time to fill out that questionnaire. And then in case we're not back together on a a conversation on our podcast before um, October 5th, be sure you register to vote um, because this is an an important election year for us as well. And we want to make sure that uh, Arizona is well represented at the federal and state level for our uh, candidates as well. So take the time to do that. You know, it's funny, just a side note, a little editorializing here. I've said for many, many years that advanced democracies, when they're working well, are comprised largely of incredibly boring activities. There's a lot of technocratic administrative types of things that happen when a government is doing its job and when it is providing a variety of services and responding to a variety of needs and you know, there's a sense in which in an election year when there's a tendency of many different types of folks to inflame uh, the conversation. It's an important reminder that the census is an important form you fill out that feeds a variety of relatively boring but vitally important government activities. Uh, Registering to vote and participating in the vote is the bedrock of our representative democracy. If you're not doing those two things, and you're frothing about what's happening on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else, you're missing the opportunity to be a participating citizen in this grand experiment. That's right. That's right. And and and, and it truly is a matter of every vote counts, right? It is significant. And we've, you know, we've watched that, you know, here in, in local elections, statewide elections, certainly at the national level as well, that it does come down to small numbers that separate the successful candidate from the unsuccessful candidate. And so it really is critically important. And, and, um, you know, we have, we have earned the, uh, the right for that. People fought hard for us all to have the right to vote. And it's important that we take advantage of that when you get the opportunity to do so. So, uh, fill out your questionnaire, register to vote. And, uh, this public service announcement has been brought to you by Abby and Adrian. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we've touched on a lot of issues uh, over the last few months. We've touched on education. We've, uh, you know, the restaurant industry was a very important one that we did recently. We've talked consistently about businesses and nonprofits and community leaders responding to the challenges in this very dynamic and ever-changing environment. What What else are we looking at this coming week, what are we seeing through the lens of the Arizona 100? Well, and you know, Adrian, it's so interesting that, that for all the challenges and, and issues and that folks have been facing both personally and professionally, you know, there are so many good and successful stories that are happening. And we're, we really just touch on a few in, in our issue each, um, each week, but 
I am amazed as I open up the daily newspaper or I'm reading the local business publications to see the success that's happening and the growth and the new businesses that are coming. And really the, the, the stick-to-itiveness of a lot of our, you know, small businesses that have figured out how to do some things that, that have really pushed them to be creative. And, and it's, it's exciting to see that. And, and what's exciting is also the fact that it's being recognized outside of the boundaries of our state that, that, um, Inc. Magazine, for instance, just named their Inc. 5000, which is uh, recognizing some of the fastest growing companies in the nation. And Arizona had 107 companies on that list. I mean, that is significant, right? 70 of them have been on the list in the past, but there were 37 new companies that were added to that list. Now, it, it it's a encapsulation of activities over the past year. So it'll be um, a new list that'll come out that will, you know, interact with what is happening right now. But that those businesses together combined have generated 7.3 billion, that's billion with a B in annual revenue, and over 6,500 new jobs to the state of Arizona. And that's, you know, we've talked about job growth and economic impact here and, and in our microcosm of what our state looks like. But this is looking at it from a national perspective, that we have 107 companies that have been recognized among the fastest growing in the country. And that's just spectacular. And they're far and wide. Phoenix has some, Tempe, Chandler, you know, our metro area, but Tucson, Flagstaff, Lake Havasu City, uh, Prescott. So it's our big cities and our small towns that are being recognized. And that's really exciting to see. So congratulations to to those 107 companies that um had the energy to sustain and grow and grow in a way that was recognized by a well-respected national magazine, the Inc. 5000. So shout out to them. There's certainly some national headlines that you don't want to make and then some that you're quite happy to make. And and our business growth and our general economic stability, even though we've been through some bumpy patches, our recovery seems to be moving a bit faster than some other places. And those are the kinds of things we like to see. Right. So as you're driving around town, I'm sure you've noticed um, that we have quite a few specialty license plates out there, right, that represent and and advocate for different um, organizations and nonprofits throughout the state. And a new license plate is being debuted called Share the Road. And it is a safety message uh, geared towards uh, motorists, those of us in our car, and and cycleists, those that are on the the two two wheeled option of transportation, um, to benefit um, the Rob Dollar Foundation and Uphill Into the Wind, which is a uh, two organizations that um, support. Uh, safety and, you know, biking, cycling safety. The license plates are only $25 a piece and then $17 of that sale goes back to the nonprofit. Now there are dozens of different um, license plates, specialty license plates throughout the state. Most people um, may or may not know that it actually benefits nonprofits and that those take a while for the organization to, you know, advocate with the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles to create those, um, get it accepted and then create the graphic that will appear on it. So if you are in support of uh, road safety for cyclists and motorists and you'd like to make a 
contribution and show your support. I'm sure they would appreciate you next time you are ready to license your vehicle that you consider one of those license plates. Absolutely. And as someone who has logged thousands of miles on a, on a road bike, it's critically important um, understanding that the awareness that this campaign strives to bring is is truly life-saving. Uh, and that in, in any... In any interaction between, you know, a 200 plus pound cyclist and bicycle and, you know, a several ton vehicle, there's one side that always loses. Yep. Yep. Well, and as we were talking, as the weather starts to cool off and it's nicer to be outside, we're going to see a lot more uh, cyclists on the road. And and, um, it's important for both the cyclists and the motorists to, you know, watch where they are and pay attention. So great advocacy project there from the Rob Dollar Foundation and Uphill Into the Wind. Uh, we have talked on numerous occasions, as you said, about um, the importance of our, our nonprofit sector here and our education system. And it's always nice when um, opportunities combine for the nonprofits and the business sector to uh, benefit each other. Uh, Southwest Human Development, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to early childhood development, is launching a program called Makers of Change Assistive Technology Challenge. And it is encouraging high school students uh, to use their STEM or STEAM knowledge and education and create um, real world solutions to real life challenges that are experienced by individuals with disabilities. And they will be part of this competition uh, that is being hosted by Southwest Human Development. So high school kids, if you're part of the, you know, team, uh, STEM education or your teams or clubs or your classes and you want to uh, find some opportunity to put that um, experience to work, visit Southwest Human Development online and take a look at their high school challenge. I think that sounds pretty exciting. Also in the arena of education, Chase Building Team is um, working in partnership with JB Steele and DLR Group and 50 uh, Pima Community College students in the welding and construction program are going to have a new uh, program on campus. Um, There's going to be a new technology and innovation center being uh, built there. And it's going to give even more experience and opportunities for those that are pursuing a career in the trades uh, for in-house and on, you know, on ground experience as they're learning to uh, in the welding and construction field. So, Thank you to Chase and their commitment to um, high school and college kids. Yeah, that's a really cool project because as as we've heard many times over the past years, Chase does a lot of educational building projects, a lot of really innovative new campuses and things. Of course, they also do corporate and public sector things. But to have a, a project that is providing education to the community college students at the same time as they may end up constructing uh, some education facilities for K-12 students, that's a nice way of working education all the way around. Good synergy. So one of the other industries that is that has been really impacted by uh, the, the pandemic has been our travel industry. Uh, you know, as people are reevaluating their experiences and, and whether or not it's safe to travel. And that has put, a, a, you know, the onus on our tourism offices and our economic development teams to really think about how we can be talking about tourism and the safe and effective, a safe and efficient way to travel, and especially for us, travel into Arizona. So the Visit Mesa, which is the um, Convention and Visitors Bureau of, 
for the city of Mesa has launched Escape to Mesa, which is um, targeting us, those of us that live here and inviting us in to take a look at what the city of Mesa has to offer in terms of vacation packages. They've put together a few different themes, weekend warrior, family fun, and the relaxation retreat among the many. And it's an opportunity to do that staycation concept, right? Just hop in the car and drive to the city of Mesa and take advantage of some of the beautiful resorts, restaurants and such that they have there in the city, um, all designed to, you know, keep us here, the locals um, here in the Metro Phoenix area, but really statewide, a chance to uh, visit and experience what Mesa has to offer. So you should add that family fun option to your your list of things for the family. Well, put it on the list. I mean, there's there's just such an incredible diversity of opportunity here in the valley. You know, all from from Buckeye to where we are way up here in Nofo, uh, all the way out to the East Valley. Um, there's just so much happening uh, in, in terms of development, but also adaptive reuse and interesting new pr- programs that are trying to bring more awareness to things. And you know, I've I've been to Mesa many times, but not that many, I could probably count them with just two hands. And uh, yeah, this would be a good chance to broaden the horizons. Yeah. And as the, you know, as it's cooling off a little bit and there's some outdoor opportunities, it sounds like a great time. And and I know that the, the folks in Mesa would appreciate a visit. So check them out at um, visitmesa.com and you'll get a little bit more information about what's going on there. And again, as we've talked about before, tourism, uh, restaurants continue to um, be an important part of our economic sector. Um, there is a... Um, Arizona-based brewing company, the Michael Waltrip Brewing Company, which is founded by a former NASCAR driver and Fox announcer. I don't follow NASCAR, but I do know Michael Waltrip. And he has announced a distribution agreement with the Hensley Company uh, to distribute his um, flagship brand called Two Time, which of course is a, a tribute to his Daytona 500 victories. And um, he's got a couple other small batch beers that he is launching. And so another Phoenix brewery seeing some success on the national stage. So congratulations, Michael. And and uh, we look forward to tasting those new brews that are coming online. And I'll just wrap it up with a couple other um, little pieces of information. Open enrollment for those of you that um, are needing to purchase your own uh, benefits, healthcare benefits is coming along here early October. A new company is launching here in Arizona called Connie Health, which is a personal Medicare advisory company, um, online and in-person opportunities to discuss your Medicare needs and options. So for those that are approaching 65 and need to start making some of those decisions, or if you are guiding um, individuals in your in your family on making those decisions, uh, Connie Health is launching in the Maricopa, Yavapai, and Pinal County regions and are available to talk to you through those important decisions as it relates to your Medicare needs. I'm closer to needing it than not needing it these days. So I might have to take a look and see what there is to offer. 
And then just finally, um, a con- note of congratulations to uh, local lawyer, Brad Vanalik, who has been named president of the national law firm Quarles and Brady, which has um, offices in Phoenix and Tucson, as well as uh, eight other cities nationwide. And the he's a Phoenix partner here, and he's been named president of the, the firm on a nationwide basis. He'll stay here located in Phoenix, but has added the responsibilities of firm-wide management to his list. So congratulations to Brad. And uh, once again, recognizing uh, the the level of individuals and business leaders we have here in Arizona that are rising to the top to national recognition. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to those that made the Inc. 5000 list and all of the businesses that we're profiling in this week's issue of the Arizona 100. Um, you contribute to our community. You make it a better place for our, our, our uh, citizens through your nonprofit and and reinvestment in our communities. And we are pleased to be able to present your stories through the Arizona 100. It comes out twice a month uh, at the Arizona100.com. It is a free e-newsletter. Please subscribe if you're interested in learning more about these businesses and the others we've profiled over the past many months. And if you have news that you'd like us to share, please send it to us at editor at the Arizona100.com. Fabulous. And remember, you count. So answer your census form and uh, the door if someone knocks uh, and you vote because that's what we do. That is what we do. For all of us here at phx.fm, I'm Adrian McIntyre. Abby, thanks for joining us. Thank you. 